Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class Movie Review Edition. I'm your host for today, Pete. I'm Joseph. And I'm Tyler. And today, we're going to review my pick from the Wheel of Destiny, The Rocketeer. To some, it was the fulfillment of a dream. To others, it was an instrument of destruction. A creation that could change the course of history. It was stolen from my factory. Where's the package? This is the FBI! What do we tell the president? Something under the seat. Oh my. What do you suppose it is? A bomb or something? I wouldn't touch that if I were you. Very calm. Shoot him! We've got the girl. The rocket will come to us. I love her, Peeve. Does she know that? She's gonna find out. Let him have it! Hand over the rockets! Go get him, kid. He truly was a rocketeer. <laughs> That's right, he was. <laughs> so, so the rocketeer. This is from uh, 1991, starring uh, Billy Campbell, Jennifer Connelly, Alan Arkin, and Timothy Dalton. A couple of uh, mainstays you might also see in there: Paul Sorvino, Terry O'Quinn, who played John Locke in Lost. Um, Ed Lauder, who you would recognize but probably wouldn't know his face, uh, know his name, and uh, John Polito, another character actor uh, from The Big Lebowski. Um, this is not a highly rated movie, not a poorly rated movie. It's a 6.5 on IMDb. So middle of the ground, sort of, so to speak. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I don't think it necessarily had a, a, like a critical reception that was... Um, it was a pretty particularly loved, but now and it's um, you know twenty something years later, thir- almost thirty years later, mm-hmm. um, people are beginning to see that it is a very fun family movie that had a, an, an interesting take, um, and um, was a, kind of a good adventure adventure comedy, not so much comedy, but just more like straight on adventure movie, kind of like the Mummy, um, but less scary. So uh, I I don't know. It was, there were some <laughs> frightening moments in that film. There there was and for what, sure in the Mummy. No, in the Rocketeer. In the Rocketeer. Oh, in the Mummy, yes, definitely in, (laughs) definitely in the Mummy. Um, (laughs) So it's more straightforward in the Mummy, but in the Rocketeer, there's some implications that are uh, a little bit more existential. Yeah, Um, and this is the rare movie that the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and the critic score is almost identical. Uh, Oh, sixty-six percent critics, sixty-five percent audience. Mm. So. I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. And the reason why I, I picked this movie is just because it's 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 got a great aesthetic that I think needs to get done more. Yeah. Um, you have The Mummy, you have The Rocketeer, you have Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow that all have this kind of almost steampunk aesthetic. Like transatlantic era. Yeah, yeah. Like alternate future, alternate timeline. Yeah, 1930s to 19, early 1950s. Um, well, it's very like pulpy. Yeah, it's almost, that, like a, almost like almost like an adventure comics, yeah. you know, like a Saturday morning adventure uh, radio dramas or something like that. Right. So uh, it's very, very Americana, very, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's got an aesthetic that I really dig, and I think that it, it's it's ripe for um, more, more properties to uh, set their movies in this sort of uh, landscape. So um, I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. Joseph, is this your first watch? Yes, it was a first watch for me. And I have heard of this movie before, a long time ago. Um, Deanna's parents have a this uh, big like entertainment 
center that kind of goes around their TV, like shelves and stuff, uh-huh. with like DVDs, a bunch of VHSs, yeah. and um, mostly of the VHSs are like uh, war documentaries or uh, the videos about trains. Oh, really? That are her dad's. Uh, <laughs> trains and planes. Um, oh, he's speaking my language. Because he has a fascination with like R- RC loves, planes. He loves trains too, huh? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, trains. It's like he's like a little boy. <laughs> I have a fr- I have a good friend who's obsessed with trains. Yeah, and every time he sees a train, it's like he's having a, a panic attack, it's but very, in a good way. It's very interesting to, to be enthused. I mean, it, there's yeah, something about a phallic uh, looking object going into a tunnel that just <laughs> gets his rockers off. Yeah, it could you could call you could go that route with it, I guess, but. I don't know. It's it, like a childlike it, innocence. It's like it's more like you're into the engineering of the train, mm-hmm. um, and um, so yeah. So the Rocketeer was one of these movies that <laughs> in in that DVD tower. in that DVD VHS collection that VHS they have tower. and they've had for years. Yeah, like since I've been with Deanna. Wow. Like they haven't moved. <laughs> wow. Like the they even have like the classic Star Wars trilogy VHSs and the Indiana Jones VHSs and the Back to the Future VHS trilogy all next to each other. They're wow. all lined up next to each other. It's a great collection. Wow. Um, Star Wars before it was a New Hope is just Star Wars original VHS. That's cover. awesome. Um, it's worth maybe fifty bucks, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Rocketeer is one of them. I was like, is the Rocketeer? Uh, I remember expressing interest in it when I first saw it. Yeah, I was like, we should watch. We should watch this. Or like, have you ever seen this before? Yeah, never like, got around to and it. Like Deanna, Deanna has seen it before, but like a long time ago. Sure, me too. Um, and I've never seen it before until now, and um, it was very, it was very okay. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't, <laughs> it, it didn't, okay. it didn't really do anything for <clears throat> me. Um, it had, it was, it was like very, it was very like entertaining. Like it was like a kids movie would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like almost like because of the Nazi <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was uh, a little like maybe like teenager sort of movie, like any like 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 Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark is like a YA young adult. Yeah. And um, but it was entertaining. It kind of reminded me of uh, Jingle All the Way a little bit with the jetpack flying around. Um, but um, Jingle it, All the Way. Yeah. It was um, it was it was entertaining. It was it was not a movie that I. Would I don't think that I would really come back to, mm-hmm. um, and and it wasn't bad. It was just like, I don't know. I couldn't tell. I, I like it, it's almost like I'll forget about it. Sure. What do you think about the aesthetic of the the universe? The whole the 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 era, everything. Yeah. It, it was. Um, I think it was good. I think it was appropriate. You know the. Um, Obviously, the flight has been discovered yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is like the golden golden era of a, of an American flight. Yeah, it's like I, I was thinking of what year is it supposed to be? Exactly? I think it's supposed to be. It's uh, obviously post World War. It's in the fifties. I think it's. I think it's either late forties or early fifties. I want to say it's late forties. Yeah, because like Nazis are a thing. Sure, obviously. Yeah, um, and like I feel like it's maybe post World War Two. Yeah, like maybe like the like just like it just ended, um, and uh, Nazis are. Uh, the, the trying to gather up the pieces of their this, fallen regime. This says it's uh, set in 1938. Really? So maybe yeah. it's the beginning of the World War. Yeah, this is World like right when they're about to kick off, right before yeah. that makes sense. Adolf and his uh, terrible, terrible Nazis are about to wreak havoc on the world. Yeah, and also Hollywood being uh, sort of a, uh, that old Hollywood being like sort of it's like secretly, inter- secretly pro-Nazi. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, like, obviously, like, a, a twist in this movie is, uh, the, 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 is uh, T-Dalt. Yeah, T-Dalt. Being uh, a Nazi, which is spoiled in the trailer, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, Some bitch. And he loses his accent. <laughs> yeah, it's like he goes back and forth. It's like he's like, wait, a German pretending to be... I think he's an, an he's, he's English. He's in the movie. I think he's English, British, but speaks German. So I know like, he speaks German. At the but, end, all of a sudden, he gets this German affectation. Yeah, he gets a German accent, like, like hand over the rocket. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait, why do you sound like that? Why you didn't sound like that before? Once he switches into Nazi mode, it's just he can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, by the end of it. I'm it going was, into Nazi mode now. It was. Uh, I think it's a little long. I think maybe could probably cut like twenty minutes out of it. Yeah, uh, and uh, but it was it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but mm. it was uh, very okay. Very okay. All right, to Tyler. Um, so first time. This yes, this is uh, the first time uh, watching this movie. And <clears throat> excuse me, uh, all of the the ridiculousness of this movie <laughs> was just <laughs> way up there, and I loved every minute of it. All right, I, it was it reminded me of a. It it reminded me of Indiana Jones. I mean, oh. obviously Indiana Jones, uh, you know, directed by Steven Spielberg, Spielberg, and like having like all these iconic scenes and cinematography and stuff like that. Uh, you can't really beat that. However, the attitude that this movie was portraying, um, it definitely uh, was reminiscent of uh, like you know like a swashbuckler uh, Indiana Jones sort of adventure. Yeah. Um, and I really uh, liked this movie, too, because it was sort of restrained in the story in some ways. Like, it didn't, like, it took entirely, it, it, it took entirely in the place of Los Angeles. Like, it didn't go to, like, uh, Germany or, like, there was, like, no, like, war sort of scenes, which I th- thought based off of the description that you gave this movie it was gonna go that way where like he goes like overseas because he's such a great pilot and then Mm -hmm. he has like the the jetpack and he you know he becomes like a war hero but really it's like a sort of like not espionage um but it's it's a little espionage. It's yeah, like a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, double double agent trader sort of thing. Yeah, and I really like liked that story and how it went about it. Um, I agree with Joseph. It probably could have been a little bit shorter. It's only an hour and forty eight minutes. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> Barely over ninety minutes. <laughs> you know hey. how long Razor Voice is? It's also an hour and forty five minutes. Oh Jesus Christ! Did it feel longer or shorter than the Rocketeer? About just as long. <laughs> <laughs> A ringing um, endorsement. Um, the yeah, the set design and everything looking like it is from the late '30s, early '40s was really impressive. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of passion going into that set, um, and yeah, I, I think uh, the dialogue between um, what what's his name? It's not Clay. Uh, Cliff. <sighs> Cliff. Clifford. That's what it was. Clifford. Yeah, Cliff and the uh, Clifford. <laughs> That's a definitely a '30s name. Yeah, Cliff and uh, the the father figure. Oh, uh, um, Peavy. Peavy. You yeah. call him Peeve. Yeah, Peeve. Uh, it was just really quick, witty, and it felt natural too. Alan, um, Alan Arkin with a mustache and, yeah. and hair. I know, and hair. Yeah, <laughs> and I think uh, uh, there's this uh, there's this one actor who was in the diner that he was like a 
he was like a main character. Uh, you like see the, the one who like basically antagonist. called called him out. Uh, yeah, the one who uh, said, uh, you know, oh, you crashed on the runway. I recognized him from an X Files episode, and oh, I was really? like, hey, it's that guy. Uh, yeah, no. It, uh, after I watched it, I was curious because it, was it advertised as a children's movie or was it just like? Well, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, it was a Disney movie, but I'm just because there's a lot of violence in this movie. Yeah, um, like people are getting killed left and right, and there's a lot of uh, weapon brandishing and stuff like that. So I was and Nazis, and yeah. well, I mean the, the Nazi thing, like I could like you could forgive that as far <laughs> as advertising to children because you know Nazis are bad. Uh-huh. But um, I, after I watched it, I was like thinking on the drive over here to your, to the beta studio, I was like, I wonder like what, like, like what the advertising looked like for this movie. Like, was it advertised to children? Was it like a family movie or was it just like a young, regular movie? Young adult. Yeah. Young adult. But it's it, like, it's like a uh, return to Oz is technically a children's movie, but <laughs> <laughs> and I, that, was that really only happened movie. like five years prior to this. Um, but yeah, uh, I enjoyed myself thoroughly. So Good. yeah. Uh, awesome. Thumbs up. Um, yeah. So this, I haven't seen this since it's release. I don't think I saw it on release weekend or anything like that but it I came think, out in 91 yeah so i imagine probably it came to like vhs or the disney channel or something like that and my grandma who i spent a lot of time at my grandma's house growing up kissing her on the mouth uh, actually yes <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> um i would uh i i want to say we probably saw it on the disney channel pre-disney plus when it was called the disney channel yeah it was on cable they have, they, they have the wand thing to yeah make the and stupid mouseketeers and all those <laughs> fucking assholes mickey mouse club yeah justin timberlake and britney spears yeah those nobodies um <clears throat> but um i haven't seen it since then and i almost like completely lost it from my memory and mm-hmm. just completely forgot that it was a thing like they didn't they never featured the rocketeer at disneyland you never yeah. see, heard a potential sequel for the thing it's not in the the tomorrowland there's no, no mention i don't, I don't no. think so it, i mean tomorrowland does have like that sort of aesthetic to it absolutely almost like a art deco ish mm-hmm. sort of look like a cosmopolitan yeah. like uh yeah like prime, prime 30s art deco um that was because Disneyland was made in the fifties. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. they're like, it's it's the retro future. Everything's made out of uh, polished aluminum. Yeah, <laughs> bronze. Yeah, exactly. A lot of lot of bronze, a lot of raw metal that uh, doesn't tarnish. Um, but uh, you never, I, I never really heard about it, and um, I've been seeing a lot of people kind of like talk about it on on uh, Twitter. Really, and, and it's like, uh, yeah. Oh man, we need to have a throwback to these type of movies and blah blah blah. Remember the Rocketeer? And I'm like, I do remember the Rocketeer. I like the Rocketeer, and yeah. maybe I don't. Maybe I still like it. Maybe I don't like it. Um, so I watched it on Disney Plus, and it is a it's a very fun adventure movie, like a family adventure movie. I think that um, if you were gonna watch it with small children, you you would almost would want a parent there because there is some horrifying things and the goon with the weird dick tracy oh god <laughs> oh Luther. cosmetic uh the nazi lenny. frankenstein his name is lenny oh it's like it, he was oh, wearing a mask he, the lower half of his face yeah was uh was a uh, makeup like, no are you are you talking about the tall guy yeah 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 his name is luther mm-hmm. it's not lenny lenny is the guy who was um infirmed by jumping out of a moving vehicle when they had that initial chase scene on the airfield oh yeah and really yeah, and Luther goes into the hosp- into the hospital room and 
his sig- he does his signature move where he snaps people in half. <laughs> He's just snapping people. Well, anyways, that that character is could be t- considered terrifying. There's definitely some gunplay. Yeah, he is terrifying. <laughs> his face is like he's wearing a mask. Yeah, it's like from here down, it's like all cl- yeah. like cl- why is cosmetic. that just to make him look more terrifying? Yeah. He looks like a cartoon. He yeah, looks he like a who's the um, main uh, villain in Resident Evil, Mister Zero, or I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. No one knows that answer. <laughs> no one. Knows. Um, I mean, there was the uh, Warren Beatty made a Dick Tracy movie. Wrote and directed it. I don't know if he wrote it actually, but he directed it and oh, starred, an, starred I, I, in it. That's another '90s movie, too. motherfucker. That whole cast looks like that guy. Yeah. Like everybody <laughs> in it looks like <laughs> it, except for Dick Tracy. But um, yeah, that was an off-putting. But there's definitely the cr- the creepiness of the Nazis. There's definitely some yeah. gunplay. There's some people that get mur- murdered, like killed at the beginning. Um, so it's frightening enough it's a to where bloodbath at the end. Too. Yeah. It's frightening enough where you definitely want an adult there. If you got a small child and like even Jennifer Connelly kills a fool, she kicks him out of the blimp at the end. Yeah. She yeah. Was I was like, going to, I was going to talk about that once we get we'll into get the there. meat of it. So, um, but I really, I liked the wholesomeness of the adventure storytelling. Yeah. And it's like, not everything needs to be, it's weird. It's because it's kind of a small scale until it turns into a large scale. It's really just, the guy wants to get the girl. That's yeah. what he wants back. And he has this uh, rocket and he, all he wants to do is make some money so he can go into quote unquote, the nationals, whatever that is. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting alternate reality because you have Howard Hughes there. Mm-hmm. You have the, the blimp at the end crashes into the Hollywood land sign and turns it into Hollywood, which yeah, there not- was, there was a Hollywood land before and something happened to the land and they just left it at Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nazi, sure. a Nazi blimp just yeah, crashed into it. <laughs> Exactly. That's what actually happened. So, um, but I really like the sepia toned, earth toned, neutral colors of the movie. Yeah. And I liked, um, I liked where, like the idea behind the helmet. And I know this was, this was based off of a comic. So I know that the character was already had that kind of like design of the helmet, but it's super cool. It's very retro. It's very like art deco. And it's like, um, the 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 explanation that PV gives is that the fin on his head helps him turn. He turns his head left to yeah. right, and it's like a fin guiding him where to go. And you, it's like I could see that happening. Yeah, I really liked the um, the explanation of the functionality of the helmet. Mm-hmm. Instead of having it just be like an aesthetic choice, it's like actually helping him. Yeah, and also that I liked how he he just took a radio and cut it down the cut it in half and like <laughs> welded it together. And it's like, well, here's my here's my thing. And it's like a master engineer working for uh, pennies on the dollar absolutely. At, a, at, a air, at a failing airfield. I, d- I don't know the answer to this, I would, but I would love to see if the, the jetpack um, prop was actually made out of metal or not, because it looked great to me. Yeah. It looked awesome. And there was only one part on it that didn't look like uh, actually made like riveted on there's like was there's like these speed humps two on each side on the back like lower part mm-hmm. and normally if you're going to do that in like a hot rod application or a, like a mechanical application or planes or anything you would rivet them from the top and have like a gasket or a seal and this one they're 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 made into it but there's no rivets holding it in so it's oh, it doesn't okay. look like it's actually riveted <laughs> on anyways i'm picking nits <laughs> i like the movie i thought it was fun and it was a, a, a cool change of pace from like doomsday the world is ending movies because i didn't really buy the whole thing where oh the nazis are going to take over if they have jetpacks 
Like so, that does seem <clears throat> scary when you see the propaganda film and you're like, Ooh, that's terrifying. Well, and also I, just uh, really quick, that propaganda film made Nazis look evil and that was supposed to be shown to Nazi supporters. Like yeah. there is no, it was, they were not showing them in a good light. <laughs> like I, like maybe that is a good light for them. <clears throat> it's right. What being evil. Yeah. No, but they don't, I mean, yeah, like they want to be evil. Uh, no, that it, Nazis. What do you think the Nazis had like propaganda showing them saving babies and stuff? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Because I would, lo- I, w- I would love to see what Nazi propaganda on the opposite would look like. Yeah. I think it was, I think the prevailing uh, notion was that they were, they were saving the world from, from Nazis. What, from <laughs> <laughs> like Putin right now. Like they were saving the world from the Western democracy and they're like no this is this is the right way to do it and they're the evil ones it's, it's kind of just like an opposite interesting thing. well well regardless of whether it meant that animation was really cool yeah i i like i really like it's probably my favorite part of it was that and also all the fighting on the blimp i thought was pretty cool mm-hmm. and it's like um the story goes from this kid who's just trying to get the girl to all of a sudden he stumbles into this weird worldwide plan to arm Nazis with this jetpack, which even with a jetpack, I mean, what what, what are they going to do? Are they going to fly yeah. around and now fly, they're going to fly across the pond? They're and, evil closer to you now and faster. I mean, I guess it's scarier, but it's not like that. That one thing is going to make them take over the world. It's not like a all knowing, <laughs> all powerful weapon like in like Marvel universe or something. It just gets them to be able to fly. Exactly. But it's interesting that they uh, involve Nazis into such a uh, outlandish sort of invention of jetpacks because uh, that was kind of like Hitler's thing is like building like like just insane inventions because he was high on uh, you know uh, <laughs> Japanese meth and. <laughs> And so he would like there's if you read um, in his in German history, there's a bunch of inventions that were going to happen, but they were so like difficult to engineer to make it work. Sure. That it just never happened. So I thought it was interesting that they used a jetpack because that's totally on par with what Hitler would have thought. He would have been like jetpacks. We get a group of. (laughs) We get a group of not uh, of our soldiers. We give them jetpacks. They fly across the Atlantic. Oh well, I, I can't do a German accent, so I'm not going to even try. But um, I thought that was your German accent you were doing. That was your Hitler accent. <laughs> um, so I really like like the idea of this uh, insane uh, Nazi who uh, makes a jetpack, and then I think in the movie in the beginning of the movie since he's playing both sides uh the two feds uh go to um what's it what's oh man what's cliff no 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 not cliff um the the main antagonist uh oh neville sinclair neville neville sinclair that's Mm -hmm. what it was they go to him um and he's like (coughs) the feds they're well where's the jetpack at uh and he's like Oh, it's lost. Well, can we have the plans? No, it's too dangerous. They asked Neville St. Clair that? Yeah. The yeah. feds asked him that? I don't remember. Yeah, that. in the beginning, because he says um, when, or not the feds, it was a general and another government official. Um, it was right after the two federal officers call. Um, I don't the think they were asking US- Neville St. Clair that. I think they were asking um, Howard Hughes that. 
No, he because the they were in the in the um oh the because Howard Hughes is the one that invented the jetpack. Oh, okay. The guy, the guy that plays John Locke from Lost. They look, yeah. so, they look so familiar. Like well, I, I was getting a little confused because the only thing they have in common is that they're both mustache. Uh, yeah, mustache, and they have they're famous actors. It was the, <laughs> it was the mustache and the dark hair. Because okay, so the inventor he burns Howard, Howard Hughes. Yeah, and Howard Hughes is the same Howard Hughes, the real life um, magnate, the billionaire that went insane. That was uh, later portrayed by uh, um, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio in The Aviator. <laughs> That's, really? That's the same character. Wow. The same real life person. Because Howard Hughes built the plane that flew around the world? Yeah, oh. it's like the Spruce Gro- the Spruce Goose. He's, he's built a, a ton of planes. <laughs> and isn't a, the, the, like, he makes an uh, allusion, like, they do, they throw a little uh, cue in there, a little allusion to, like, because, like, when the Rocketeer, he, like, jumps off and he glides on that plane. Yeah, on the, like, wire. And he goes, it does fly. Yeah, and it, it will fly. <laughs> and it just glides away. And I think, is that supposed to be the plane? I think that's supposed to be the Spruce like Goose. Like, the model? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I like. I really like alternate history stuff. Um, yeah, it's like. Well, then uh, you'll love Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> I do, <sighs> I do. Um, <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, the 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 plot essentially is, uh, you know, you, have, you just open up with a couple of goons chasing a couple of other goons, and and uh, they crash their old uh, paddy wagon, a la uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I was thinking about you that whole time. I was like, oh, Pete's probably cringing. Oh, like, fuck yeah, I was. All those. Beautiful those vintage pre- cars. Those pre-war, pre-war sedans. And they're just driving it through fields. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why. Ruining them. Before people knew what was quote unquote acceptable and not acceptable <clears throat> to do with a car, like what you could push a car to its limits, like people would just yeah. completely off-road these old piece of shit cars <laughs> with like wagon wheels. Yeah. And the whole chassis twisted up and yeah. bar- barely goes in a straight line. That's why it's hard to find those old cars in decent shape anymore. I mean, not one of a million of reasons why, but yeah, they crash. The one guy's dead. They they stash the rocket in um, the the one of the busted ass planes. Yeah, it was the it was the new plane that the that Cliff was going to take to the Nationals. Well, they, he crashed that one. <laughs> they were going to use the other one, the yellow one, as a backup, and they yeah. were going to do the. So do, it, it's the Nazis that take it. Right, they steal it from the feds. Yes, they steal it from Howard Hughes. Yes, and yeah. And you see that that isn't that is not shown on screen, yeah. um, but um, and then Cliff all of a sudden goes, "Hey, what's this? Is it a bomb? <laughs> Let's open it." <laughs> like, no, what's this do? Okay, I know. <laughs> and uh, I liked all the stuff about him uh, finding finding his bearing with the rocket. Yeah, I liked the kind of bumbling part of it. <clears throat> and, because uh, well, and plus, like, there's an air to, of danger to it because in I think in I don't know if they say it before he finds it or afterwards, but uh, Howard Hughes' character says, "Oh, like two, two of my two of my best pilots died yeah. trying to." That's far afterwards. That. That's much. Oh, afterwards. is it? Yeah, because he's that's when Howard Hughes is telling that to uh, the general to, to all of them, yeah. and he's talking about the double wall combustion chamber is how he prevented it. There was a lot of parallels to uh, this in Iron Man. Because essentially, Iron, oh, yeah. Iron Man is very similar of a character to the Rocketeer. He's just yeah. a guy yeah. who has a machine strapped to his body and doesn't innately have any powers himself. And the only difference is that in this one, it would be Cliff and Howard Hughes merged together to make one character. That's Tony Stark. Yeah. He you built know? it in a cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not Tony Stark. With a box of scraps. <laughs> great, 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 great. Jeff Bridges uh, line yeah. delivery. Uh, um, but also built it in a cave. <laughs> also, the whole scene when you're in the Howard Hughes's <laughs> lair, yeah, and, and you, he's he's 
showing the B-roll of the propaganda, <clears throat> and he's showing uh, this plans, and he's got these storyboards and this design aesthetic all, all in his office. That reminded me of Tony Stark's dad, the flashbacks to original Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. What's his name? I don't think it was Tony Stark what? Sr. Oh, this, the, the guy dad? That, yeah, I can't remember his name. Something else Stark, whatever. Anthony. Anthony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Stark. Um, so it, I mean, that, that felt very much like that. And and I feel like that the MCU might've even borrowed a little bit of the vibe because the first Captain America, the first Avenger, the first Captain America movie very much feels like this whole aesthetic that that movie could go in that pantheon with the sky captain, this, the mummy and uh, the the, the first Captain America set in that era. Mm -hmm. Very much like early Americana. I mean, yeah, the story is just kind of, Line up. I mean, Captain America, I think, was... Well, I don't know, because I don't know when the Rocketeer comic was written versus Captain America was written. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Probably that a Captain ra- America 1 movie is really bad, though. You didn't like yeah. it? No. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember liking it. It's really boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like uh, I like the uh, King Elf, Hugo Weaving. Oh, as Skull Face or Red, Red Skull? Red Skull, yeah. Yeah, Red Skull. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I... Definitely agree that I think that Iron Man probably took some inspiration from the Rocketeer, uh, minus the Nazis. I mean, even from I mean, well, also Iron Man as a comic written when when was when is Iron Man's first appearance? Probably like sixties, maybe. Well, the Rocketeer's first the Rocketeer's comic was um, an homage to Saturday morning matinee serial heroes from the 1930s to the 1950s, but was first appeared in uh, star slayer number two in April of 1982. Mm. So it wasn't until quite a bit later. And I guarantee Iron Man was, uh, um, was, was much earlier than that. Cause Iron Man was early, early, early. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like the, I mean, obviously the stories of these characters were written way before obviously these movies were made. Mm. So, there's the inspiration started way back then. Volume one, 1968 Iron Man. Oh yeah. It's 60. Yeah. That's so, yeah. So, um, I mean, and I don't, I don't necessarily feel like one is stealing from the other. It's just borrowing a vibe oh, but yeah. in, in the MCU. It's like inspired. I can feel the vibe of the first Avenger, the Captain America movie. And I can feel the vibe of some of the plot points of Iron Man learning how to fly the jetpack and yeah. crashing over and over again. And, um, or Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way. Hey, there when you he's go. Turbo Man, <laughs> or Spider Man learning how to shoot webs. Yes, go web, go. Have you guys seen uh, the, the Will Forte show uh, Last Man on Earth? I watched the f- first two seasons. So there's a yeah. So there, um, in regards to when uh, Cliff first starts trying to test out uh, the jetpack, uh, I was reminded of a scene. Where uh, Lewis, uh, he wants to go and find his lover who is presumably in Japan and he does a uh, test flight thing for several months and then he gets in an actual plane and you think everything's going good. He's going up, 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 up and getting more higher elevation and then all of a sudden he nosedives right down into the ground and I was thinking... 
oh man, like this movie, like you could do like a parody of the Rocketeer where like you think he's got it and then all of a sudden he like crashes like into a wall or something and just obliterates himself. And, well, that's that's the opposite. And PV's just like, oh my God. Those are the Germans who killed themselves doing their tests. Oh yeah, because they, uh, they showed, show that in the footage. They show that in the footage, which was... Which is exactly like Iron Man 2 with the Sam Rockwell's character trying to knock off Iron Man for his own... Uh, is Sam Rockwell in Iron Man too? Yeah, he's the yeah. he's he's the opposite Tony Stark. He's like the one who builds the s- centuries or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's like he builds all the different uh, versions of essentially yeah. an Iron Man, but they're just robots. Yeah, where he builds the suit, and I think yeah, it was number two because I remember that was the one where they were at the race in Monaco. And, oh, uh, Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke's the Mickey Rourke is the whip la- guy. laser whipper. Whiplash. Is that what his name is? I think it's Whiplash. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he looks like a God, he looks like. The, like, I still the have never watched Sabretooth from still, X-Men. I still never watched the Iron Man sequels. <laughs> the third one's pretty pretty fun. The third one's pretty good. Yeah, the third one's good. It's I got like Guy Pierce in it. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh, glowing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, but anyways, um, so uh, once once uh, Billy, our, our main character, our hero... Um, Billy? I thought his name was I'm Cliff. Sorry, Billy, 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 what's his name? That's the actor's name. It's Cliff. I know. Dickie Was Donnelly? Billy Campbell. <laughs> oh, oh, Bill Campbell. Bill Campbell. Yeah, Billy Campbell. Yeah, Billy he's Campbell. He's still credited as Billy on IMDb, and he's a grown-ass man now. Born in 1959. <laughs> the guy's like a 1,000 years old. I have a... F- <laughs> Maybe that's his name. I have a friend who his name is Billy. Like, it's that's not, on it's, his birth certificate. It's not Billy. It's not William. It's, yeah. not, it's not Bill. It's Billy. I work, I it's had an employee name. that worked for me who was, he was about 30 years older than me, and his name was Robbie birth certificate r-o-b-b-i-e yeah i'm like that's amazing yeah but anyway so uh cliff gets uh he gets the rocket he's Mm -hmm. trying to basically use it to make money so he can uh enter the nationals fix their plane up or buy a new plane and they never explain what the nationals are i don't even know what that is i think i uh, yeah i don't know but it was because uh after the uh the chase scene between the feds and the mafia people uh yeah his plane crashes his plane yeah. crashes but, 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 what the, I'm car, is, but the car crashes into yes, a wait. gasoline yes. truck that's owned by the guy who owns the hangar and then the owner of the hangar comes up to cliff and peavy and says you owe me for the gas sure and well they also need a plane they don't have a plane to fly in the nationals true, yeah. so I mean, there's a number of reasons they just need money and he goes to the air show, not intending to fly in the air show, but he turns into like a superhero at that moment, mm-hmm. straps his shit on like Spider-Man or Superman uh-huh. and flies up to save the, his friend in that shitty plane that he, they were just talking about how reliable it was. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to do uh, they talking, they, they were talking about something like some clown bit. Yeah. Clown rodeo. It's like yeah. a clown rodeo. rodeo oh, yeah. clown. But that's why the guy was <laughs> wearing a clown. Because he was two minutes late. Cliff was two minutes late and he comes in. He's just like, I was just two minutes late. There's already someone up in the air replacing me. And that's and the guy they, from the X-Files, I think. And then they realize, yeah, th- yeah. And then they realize, oh my god, he's he from Seinfeld f- too. Was oh, he really? Yeah, I mean, everyone's from Seinfeld. <laughs> and, everyone's done a bit park. And, and is, has Alan Arkin ever been in Seinfeld? I don't think so. Oh. And then Cliff Son says to uh, PV, like, he hasn't flown in twenty five years. What is he doing up in the air? Absolutely. So that's when we see our first like Randy Quaid just drunk going into <laughs> an alien ship. I think Randy Quaid could have fit in this movie Absolutely. somewhere. He could have been that guy. Yeah, he could yeah. have. I could fly. We'll pilot. Red, sweaty, red-faced. <laughs> so so he saves him in a spectacular fashion. That 
plane also crashes crashes into a gasoline truck, blows up. Oh, I, I actually did laugh at that. I yeah. thought that was funny. And um, I then you get the like a really cool scene of everyone, all the press that somehow there's like 50 reporters at this air show. Yeah. And they all rush to the phone booths to make their calls to like yeah. save the front page. Rocket man flies, saves the day. And then they mm-hmm. go into the boss's office and they're just like, you got a name for that? And they're just like, oh, Rocket Man. Nah, that's terrible. And then he looks out uh, out the window. He says, Pi- he's, he's Pioneer. And he's like, oh, what, what, what about Rocketeer? That's it. It's got a good catch to it. Someone should make a comic book out of it. Um, <laughs> is the FBI agent the one you're referring to who's in the X-Files? Uh, the white, the, the... No, 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 no. The guy who goes into the plane, I think. Guy who goes into the plane. Because there's this actor... Um, John well, Polito, I think, is the one you're looking at. John Polito has been a wise guy in like everything. Who is has been in X Files? Oh, well, there's a who's like who, who's like he's like you guys could uh, you know because you always owe me money now. You guys could be in the clown. That guy, right? Yeah, he's the owner. I don't think that's who Tyler's talking about though. There's another person. There's a yeah, couple. I, there's a couple of people I can recognize from the X Files in this. Yeah. So, um, anyways, <clears throat> so uh, Cliff loses his love. He loses the beautiful Jennifer Connelly. Uh, play character Jenny, same name. Yeah, why? I, I can't remember. Why did she get upset? Was it because because he? Well, first off, he didn't tell her that he crashed the plane. Oh, that's right. And he's that's like, right. and he's like, she's like, he's like hiding bad information from her. And he's like, well, if we're gonna be a thing, you need to tell me first. And then he tells yeah. her the news. He like busts onto the set where she's an extra on a Neville, Neville, uh, <laughs> Neville, uh, Neville Saint Clair, Neville Longbottom. Yeah. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Neville Chamberlain, but I think that's a Chamberlain. I think that's like a recording artist or something like that. Um, and he he crashes, literally crashes the set. Yeah, brings literally brings down the house and gets her fired. And, and there is a great line from uh, Neville Sinclair where he says, uh, "Oh well, I guess my role did really bring down the house." And it and never was, be said that Neville Sinclair doesn't bring down the house. Oh, God, and I was just, chan- like, it's very I lo- much like I, lo- his, I love his it. character in Hot Fuzz. Yes, exactly. I loved it. Lock me up. I'm a slasher. <laughs> what? A slasher of prices. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love lines like that. Yes. It uh, was well delivered, too. He, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely was very similar of a character to his Hot Fuzz character in this. Yes. I like, I like T-Dalt. Yeah, so... James um, Bond one time. Twice. Twice? Yeah, okay. I, thought, I thought it was one, too, and I looked him up, and I think it's License to Kill and Live Another Day or something like that. Mm. Anyways... Yes. I'm not very bad with old uh, Bond. Yeah, so Jenny gets pissed off at Cliff. And she, she she essentially breaks up with him, and Neville and now swoop, swoops in and woos her, takes her to uh, the Coco Cabana Club from The Mask. To, and I think it's because he <laughs> finds out that Jenny is involved with Cliff. Yeah, she, who, she overhear, he overhears that conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah he but he doesn't see who he is. He only sees who she is. Yeah. So she like, he Who's tries, that girl I just fired? Yeah, exactly. Great, good, good, uh, good Timothy Dalton impression. <laughs> Thank um, you. I uh, actually actually have a drop for that somewhere. <laughs> uh, is it this one? It's not about the awards that he gets. It's about how fun he has. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, <laughs> so they, I stand by that. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. It's a uh, that was. <laughs> Oh, Samuel Jackson oh, playing. Yeah. But the fun he has. Y- yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> we had some good drops from last episode. We're we're bros. <laughs> oh God, uh, Sam Jackson. No thanks. I'd rather be Nick Fury. Good times. Uh, All right, so uh, so they get to they get to the uh, the fancy club, and that's kind of like now we're ramping up to the third act. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the goon is there, tries to kill Billy. I mean, sorry, Billy Cliff. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Sinclair has the mafia going after the rocket, and then he also has his Nazi Frankenstein. He's getting, yeah, he's getting it from all from all sides, and yeah. then out of nowhere, the thing. One of the things that I really liked is right before the blimp comes, you have the the Nazi or the the mafia guys, which are trying to find the rocket, but they also don't really like Neville. Yeah, he's he. They're kind of working for him, but not. And he's like, "If I go down, I'm taking you with me." And so they all have this like weird like Mexican standoff, like this really thieves truce with each other. Yeah. And at some point, when uh, Neville gets the girl, and they're getting ready to go on this big ass blimp, and they've got the rocket. Um, no, he doesn't have the rocket quite yet, but he's he's holding her hostage for the rocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The feds and the mafia are all shooting. A, against the nazis all of a sudden they realize that he's uh, he's yeah. working for the nazis and the the mafia guy says something great he's like i may not make an honest living but i'm american true and true oh yeah i'm not gonna and, i'm not gonna uh, work for some two-bit nazi exactly yeah and then they're all <laughs> the feds and the mafia guys are tommy gunning side by side and they have this moment where they look at each other and they're like oh well and they, they do the little like, yeah. sh- shrug their shoulders and then start shooting again and and I think uh, Neville says something some some cheesy line. He was just like, "Happy Valentine's Day" in regards to the Valentine Valentine's Day massacre uh, from uh, listeners. Mafia can we histories. fact check that and see if there's if anybody says Happy Valentine's Day in no, this movie? Somebody does. They do say it. I don't remember that. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know why. There's, there's a lot of one liners. I really don't know why he says that. <laughs> Because he's in the mafia. It's a Valentine's Day massacre. I yeah. guess so. I don't but know. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't really fit into the context of the conversation that they were having. But it was just—it's so ridiculous. Uh, I, I I love those one-liners. Jennifer Connelly is probably as gorgeous as she's ever been in this too. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I man, I love the the little hairs like right, like almost making a unibrow, but it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> glorious, glorious. I am that glad your, that they is that added your style? that. You like that? Is that what does it for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I don't know. I, just, I, li- I, I like hairy women. I like when I they say? got a hairy back. <laughs> oh, well, now. Like, wait, I, I want to be traversing the jungle. <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> you, you don't? Uh, but anyways, uh, Jennifer Conley gets chloroformed at the... Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that at was the, strange. At the weird, the, oh, yeah. the weird uh, underwater-themed club that I think... Uh, the, it's a Coco Cabana from The Mask, <laughs> um, the, with the clamshell in the yeah. in the middle and uh, the, the, fish the, ice sculptures. Oh yeah, there's a great scene where uh, he uh, Cliff goes to rescue her, and um, he like ride he like rides he gets a shot uh, off of the uh, ice ice sculpture. Yeah, have an ice sculpture. <laughs> that was very like cheesy kid stuff. Yeah, and, and I but, I like it because the the implication of the story is serious, but they have like it's very much uh, like very pulpy fifties esque. So like he's you, also like you can Cl- accept that Cliff is like a bumbling idiot too. He's yeah, like, if yeah. you compare him to Brendan Fraser from The Mummy, which is it's really hard to not because they got the same kind of weird middle middle part haircut, 
Um, they were in the very, yeah. very similar yeah. outfits. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they and, do have a similar haircut. And, uh, but Brendan Fraser from The Mummy is um, established, like, swashbuckler. And this ki- this is just a kid. Yeah. So he's very, like, bumbly and stuff. And I think it makes it a little bit more relatable. Um, yeah. It's it's more of a, like, a, like a, again, like a small small stakes for somebody that you can, might actually see yourself in this situation. You know, one thing um, after Jennifer Connelly's character, Jenny, gets chloroformed and she's back at the Tony mansion of uh, Sinclair, I w- and she like tries to seduce him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just like, I don't know what's going on with me. I kind of spaced out for a little bit, but then like I like uh, uh, <laughs> got came, back. To, came I, I came I came to into the movie like after like a minute. Um because I mean, like, there's like a really long scene of her just like in bed, like just like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of weird. Um, and she's just, and she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna slip into this because he picks out like some really like uh, revealing, sexy robe." And she's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You just kidnapped me." And I was just like, "Oh my god! Like, what is she really turning sides now? Like <laughs> at this point in the movie?" Oh, you didn't, you missed the part where it's a ruse. It, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and well, well, I didn't know it was a ruse because she was doing it so like convincingly. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, like, oh, she is actually changing sides. Like she wants to be a sugar baby. T- Tyler's had a number of of young ladies in a very similar predicament in his bedroom. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, like, I, I think don't I've, worry about the chloroform headache. That's normal. It'll wear off. Yeah, I, I've sustained many injuries from uh, vases uh, being thrown at me. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, we'll cut to the end where there's uh, essentially there's a big fight scene on the blimp. Um, great, not <laughs> Nazi the blimp, blimp shows up. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, you you're led to believe that it's hiding behind something. You don't just blow up a blimp. It's been it's already filled with like, <laughs> yeah. ga- gas. Yeah, exactly. It's very funny that it's like all of a sudden the blimp and the blimp over comes Hollywood out. too. In, yeah, in U.S. airspace. I don't know how they did that shot though. Was it miniatures or I, was it? Like an know. actual blimp. I don't, uh, know. I don't think you could no. do something like that. It pr- it's probably like matte painting, maybe. Yeah. The background was definitely matte painting. I mean, there's some really great sets, like when he, when, when uh, Cliff rocket, rocketeers himself up onto the blimp and he like pulls the, the rudder, mm-hmm. um, the cord on the rudder, and like those fabric comes off and he's standing there. He's actually like running around on this set piece. Yeah. And it's like, that's pretty cool. They got this big, gigantic swastika there and he's uh, running around and how's the swastika coming pretty good almost done <laughs> i just had this giant swastika in my garage though. i know <laughs> to print go down to kinko's in the uh, ultra oversized format print a giant yeah. nazi logo I, yeah, we can, need a swastika giant one yeah don't yeah. ask what it's for it's a disney project find <laughs> <laughs> in walt disney's yeah, vault. Walt Dis- yeah walt disney's uh, very proud of this one yeah. um anti-semitic son of a bitch yeah and then there's a, there's a cool fight scene the the big goon the big nazi ogre straps himself in and like comes out the hatch on the top which i didn't know blimps had that <laughs> yeah like a submarine oh, i yeah. know because when he's coming through it like it's like he's coming through yeah like the middle, the, of, the blimp. The middle of the blimp it's like well he was breathing in all that helium <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Are blimps filled it's with hydrogen. hydrogen or helium or something? This one was hydrogen. Oh, hydrogen. So, yeah. Is that like the Hindenburg? That's why it blows up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that is because <laughs> it, it's very flammable. I just remember them saying it was hydrogen. A hydrogen blimp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, let's see. You got the big, the big Nazi bastard on top. 
yeah. fighting fighting against Cliff, which the is Nazi like Frankenstein. Yeah, that and there's is also which, by the way, sorry to cut you off, is also uh, he was castrated. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was castrated because there's a scene where uh, Jenny kicks him in. The, no, this Cliff it, kicks him on or, top or of the Cl- on top of the blimp. This is the exact scene we're talking about. Oh, okay. Kicks him in the in the in where his uh, his uh, uh, testicles should be, and he does not react at all. He like, should, and he's he just, just really lo- strong. He just. Uh, no, 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 no. He, he would. He he was castrated, and I'm pretty sure he was a Nazi experiment. Okay. And he was. That's a good. That's a good head cannon. Yeah. Um. But the the stakes when you're fighting on top of a blimp when one of you has a rocket strapped to your back are pretty low. Yeah. He just knocks him off, and he just flies back around and hits him from the other side. It's like when you're. I imagine uh, when you're fighting on a blimp or you're just standing on top of a blimp. It's kind of like uh, Fall Guys. Where you, <laughs> yeah. you just kind of not coordinated, kind of waiting for <laughs> to dodge the next. It tur- thing. Yeah, it turns left, and you have to go over this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, there's an, a fight in the interior. Uh, Cliff goes to the interior. He fights up with uh, Neville, and I can't remember what happens. Like Jenny shoots a fucking flare gun inside, which yeah. is a bad yeah. move. All the glass breaks. All the pilot gets kicked out. Yeah, in 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 that scene uh, previous, they were saying like, "This is the best yeah. blimp pilot." You're in great hands. First of all, they can't turn, and he's like, "Don't worry, you're in great hands. This is the best best pilot in all of Germany." And then, <laughs> ah, there we go. And then, yeah, just immediately falls murder out. murder number ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then and then the poor stewardess, the the male uh, flight attendant. Yeah, he gets kicked out. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly boots him out for no reason. Yeah, kicks him out, and she just like has no emotion to it. She's just like, yeah. You know what? He needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is holding her hostage. She's got a gun to her, and she like steps on his foot with a high heel. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, there is a lot kicks of her, adrenaline going. Kicks on her right there. out. But you're right. She has no emotion. Yeah, she literally kicks him out. Watches his body fall into the darkness of the night, <laughs> seemingly into the mountains of Los Angeles. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she just turns around and goes the Hollywood Hills. And then she goes, "I must kill again." And she goes and gets the flare gun. I know. Oh man, a lust for blood. But yeah. that's what I was talking about in the in the beginning of the episode, though. Is just like there's just so much murder going on that, like, you just you kind of like ignore like what the implication is of what is happening because it it's supposed to like you know move the plot along so you're just like oh bad guys you know they get taken out of the scene but really like they're just straight up murdering these people in Raiders of the Lost Ark that's the one at the beginning with the boulder right yeah well Alfred Molina gets speared through the head and you see the whole thing yeah, and it's like they were a little bit loose. That's with, way more gruesome. Yeah, they were a bit. They were a, a little. Spielberg was a little bit more loose with the violence in uh, cool Indiana that. Jones. I'm and, cool with it. It's all. It's fine. Yeah, kill a Nazi. It's fine. I think. Uh, I think the more gratuitous uh, scene would be when uh, Indiana Jones is uh, fighting uh, that big, the big Nazi guy, and then the propeller goes. And, oh yeah, splits, uh, splits, splits his face open. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we didn't really need that. But that character actor has been in a ton. I saw him in a movie the other day, and I was looking through his catalog, and he's been in a fucking ton of stuff in that. Really? Wow. Yeah, he was in Barry Lyndon. He was one of the guys that uh, Barry fights when he's enlisted. Oh. Big red-headed brute. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so we get to the end. The Jenny, the rocket's gone. Neville gets the rocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, oh, the gum. Chekhov's gum comes into play. Yeah. <laughs> The rocket had get, received a, a bullet hole from a, a ricochet from the goons in the diner earlier. Yeah. It's funny because the gum was in the very beginning of the movie. Yep. On the plane. 
I did remember that the gum came in at the very end when I rewatched it, and I thought, oh, that's that's where the gum comes from. For good luck. He sticks it right on the back of the rocket. Yeah. So uh, Neville flies away, but not before uh, old Clifford pulls the gum off and basically lets yeah. l- kills him indirectly. Yeah, in a horrifying death, to too. You, yeah. But I don't have to save you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you break your one rule, Clifford. <laughs> so he flies off, dies, burns to a horrible death. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Nazi. I'm glad that good, they didn't. Good for nothing. I'm Nazi. glad that they didn't show his burning flesh because they did show him encompassed in flames for a long, for like a little bit longer. I feel like that's something you would want. Yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah. I would. But as far as it being like a family movie and stuff like that, <laughs> that probably would have been a little bit too much for uh for little kids. But in wildlife, you wanted somebody to be burned alive. Yes, <laughs> I did. That's it's not a, a family that's an movie. Adult movie. Don't you know? It makes no sense. Well, it doesn't have to. And I'm then, a complicated human being. And That's then not the, an excuse. The two, the two romantic leads, uh, Clifford and Jenny, they get swooped up by this uh, wonderful Howard Hughes contraption, a weird plane helicopter hybrid. Yes, that's right. That's right. They, we only got one shot at this. Uh, put the put the ladder down. Yeah. And it's just like, what do you mean they only got one shot? They literally just have to hover over them. Yeah, maybe they don't have full hover capabilities. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, this is 1939. I know. So, uh, so they get they get picked up, they go away, and then uh, the the little the the I guess the final f- ending when they're all all the gangs back together on the ground the next morning. Yeah. Um, J- Joseph, do you notice that the lighting was like really harsh on that final shot? Like it's, like, it's almost like a sunrise uh, shot when they when Howard Hughes flies in and gives him the plane. Oh. It was like I I noticed it was weird. I don't usually notice a lot of the like hard lighting and stuff, but it was definitely natural light, and you could see the sun was coming up from this direction. And Howard Hughes grabs Cliff and like walks him into the sun, and then turns his face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Why are they doing it like this? It seems so like weird. Like it's putting him in a very specific light." Mm-hmm. And Howard Hughes has the light beaming in his face, looking at Cliff like this. They're opposite of each other, and it's lights so on Cliff's one back. One of them has light in their face yeah like Howard, blinded. Howard Hughes looks like he's blinded as he's talking to him and he's okay. like something something you know you know this plane something I hope it does good for you or whatever and um no oh and he asks him he says uh, the cool line where he goes uh, what was it like up there with the you know flying around like that and uh, like heaven Cliff mm-hmm. says the closest to heaven I'll ever get yeah or maybe not and then they both turn and look at Jenny, and she's <laughs> she's lit by the morning light, and they are both ha- now have the light to their backs. Oh yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, they actually paid off. I see. It's a weird lighting thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that's it. And Howard Hughes, like a boss, drops this fucking plane on him and says, oh, "See you later. I'm taking a cab home." And his like Alfred comes and picks him up, and yeah, <laughs> they drive away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the Rocketeer. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I probably being inside of Jennifer Conley, it's probably like <laughs> heaven. <laughs> I would imagine so, especially 1990, or it, it was filmed probably like a year before, so 1990 Jennifer Conley. Yes, yeah. With that unibrow staring back at you. Oh, man. Swoon. Swooning. <laughs> she really is very appealing in this. Yeah. She's like, I, I feel like like later in life she like got very, very thin, and in this yeah. she's looks like healthy almost, you know? Yeah. I just noticed like there's like Anna, what's her name, Anna Kendrick, got so goddamn skinny that every time I see her I, I feel like concerned for her. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like, I, I don't find that, like, appealing. Yeah. Not that... It, She's a very small person. She is very small. But if you, like, if you look at some of her projects over, the, like, the last, like, 10 years or so, 
she's gotten skinnier and skinnier to the point where it looks unhealthy. And mm-hmm. it's like, that doesn't matter. You know, when, when she can, she could be skinnier if she wants or thicker if she wants. It doesn't matter. But I, f- I feel like Jennifer Connelly in this is like, she, I don't know. She's very appealing to me. Very, yeah, go- very yeah. gorgeous. Very sensual. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's take it easy. All right, right. so let's uh, let's put some, a little hot in here. Let's put some. It actually is. Uh, let's put some grades on this thing. Uh, Joseph, what do you want to grade the Rocketeer? Um, I think that I'll give the Rocketeer a mm, solid B. Okay, yeah, it's a perfectly fine movie. Perfectly entertaining for younger folk. I feel like uh, not necessarily a movie that I would seek out again or be on the top of list of recommendations um but if somebody's like talking about sky captain or something like uh, movies of that have that, that ilk of that era um i feel like the rocketeer should be on that list of movies to watch yeah um yeah that's it all right b for joseph mm-hmm. it's weird i thought you were would have graded it lower because you said it didn't really land on you no didn't really, but it's a uh, it's a fine you, movie. You get it because there's flying in this movie. It didn't land on him. What, good, good one. What do you give it to? <laughs> yeah, give us Take a grade. Take the shoes for that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, just like uh, that joke didn't land. Yeah. <laughs> good one, Joseph. You did it. Uh, Aviation humor at its finest. Oh <laughs> man, that that was good actually. Uh, yeah, that wasn't scripted either. So um, yeah, I can <laughs> script a, this whole show. By the way, yeah, this is yeah. all written out. Well, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's we, like twenty-five pages long. For I mean, each like of us. we have, like we record for like ten hours, and then we have to take the shears to only make it a tight two. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I'm with uh, Joseph on this one. I give it a B. Um, I feel like this is a movie. Like, if I have uh, offspring of my own, I will set them down and uh, make them watch this because it's it's a good movie to distract children and also if you don't if you if you happen to want to watch this movie it's uh very entertaining um i think uh i mean there's i, I could go on about it but i know we're kind of tight for time so uh but yeah solid b for me all right uh before i give my grade there is a uh, wild right eye corby in the chat and he says i'm heckling tyler right now for that landing joke <laughs> so you're being heckled in the chat oh that's fine <laughs> they can't all be home runs that's right sometimes you got to ground out to short yeah, exactly <laughs> so all right i'm gonna give this a, a b plus for me um mm-hmm. i i understand that it's not as uh, robust of a movie and there is the, i like the acting i don't see a whole lot of bad acting in it yeah um and uh it, for for me probably the biggest thing is i'm like bordering on like a minus but um the biggest thing for me yeah, I'm going to give it A minus actually. I'm going to change my grade. All right. I feel like the the set and the set pieces and the the overall scope of the ending brings it up a little bit because it's a pretty self-contained little uh, like small-time adventure movie and then when the blimp comes in and the Nazis and the world takeover and all that, it turns up into like a much larger uh, scale and that blimp set is very cool. I yeah. really liked it. Um, yeah. And you can't give it all of the aesthetic of the Rocketeer look to Disney for that because it was based off of a comic, but they pulled it off very well. Mm-hmm. And the period the period that you were living in uh, felt very natural. And all the characters, the way they talk felt great too. And yeah. I, I really like that old-timey speak. And I don't know if it's true to the era, but it's true to what Hollywood presents us to the era. It was really quick too. Like yeah. it felt it like felt really natural, like as if... The, like it's it reminds me of that curb your enthusiasm acting without acting uh pamphlet 
that uh, George Costanza, or not Costanza, but I don't know. I, what? What the fuck? <laughs> what are you it's, act, about? it's acting without acting. All right. <laughs> okay. Sorry, that was a bad bit, too. <laughs> ah, All right, we're going to uh, get the Rocketeer off the wheel and uh, yes. put something else on it right now. One wheel, eight slots, three hosts. This is the Wheel of Destiny. Okay, Rocketeers off the wheel. I have a replacement, and um, I'm going to ask you both, you guys, um, for your input. Do you want to do a, uh, a a sci-fi movie, or would you like a comedy movie? Sci-fi. Um, it's a movie. What, if I said comedy, then what would you do? Well, you have to you have to choose first. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I guess. Wait, should we Rochambeau? Because you're <laughs> you, uh, you're choosing comedy. And okay, I'm Tyler answered sci- first. We're gonna do a sci-fi. It's gonna be uh, yes. it's gonna be Freaks, one of my previous streaming picks. Oh, okay, from, tw- from 2018. This is a movie that is uh, has some sci-fi elements. I'm not gonna say anything about it because it's better to go in blind. Okay, and I want to say it's streaming on Hulu right now. So nice. on Prime before. I think it was on Prime before. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, Bruce is in the chat. Bruce says hi. He just got out of the black phone. Uh, oh, yeah. The new Ethan Hawke movie. Oh, oh. Yeah. good question mark. Let's see if he can, <laughs> let's see if he gives us an answer before we. Uh... <laughs> oh, uh, and Tyler wants to. Sorry, Ryan wants us to rig the wheel so he can do I Tanya for his birthday. <laughs> Will not happen. <laughs> the we, the wheel is the wheel speaks. It's called the wheel of destiny for a reason. Yeah. All right. So we got uh, freaks from Pete. Safe from Tyler. Synecdoche, New York from Pete. A fan pick. Pootie Tang from Joseph. Come and see from Joseph. Uh, another fan pick and the shape of water. So let's give this a spin. This is gonna be what we review next Wednesday. God, my hair is looking dynamite today. <gasps> uh, ah, that's yours. Synecdoche, New York. New York. I'm going back. I'm going back to back. Like we record the show, um, <laughs> as everybody can see. Yes, exactly. Um, first off, Bruce says the black phone was pretty solid. Nice. So that's good. Nice. I've heard very mixed reviews on that. It looked not good. Exactly. The the trailer makes it look pretty, in, in fact, bad. <laughs> oh, it has Ethan Hawke in it, though. I know. It hasn't really made a stinker, as far as I know. Purge 1. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I've never seen it. All right, Synecdoche. 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 Synecdoche, New York, from 2008. <laughs> Not streaming anywhere. It's going to be a $3 rental on Amazon Prime or $4, $4 on YouTube. And uh, here is the plot synopsis. A theater director struggles with his work and the women in his life as he attempts to create a life-size replica of New York inside a warehouse as a part of his new play. This is starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, Samantha Morton, Jennifer Jason Lee, Michelle Williams, Catherine Keener, Emily Watson, and a bunch of other people that look familiar. Wow. This is star-studded direct, cast. Directed by Charlie Kaufman of uh, Adaptation fame. Oh, nice. And uh, being John Malkovich. So... We will watch that next week. You guys got anything else to say? Uh, I have nope. to say, I'm really stoked to see this. I didn't know Kaufman was uh, att- attached to this movie, so yeah. I'm, big, I'm very stoked. Big blind spot for me. And uh, I will <laughs> say uh, one more time, if you want to support the show, go into the show notes. There's a merch link. 
get yourself a t-shirt, mug, shower curtain. Tote, wow, shower tote, curtain. Tote. I don't think we have a shower curtain listed. Pint glass. Pint glass. Uh, what else on that? Oh, uh, uh, tumbler. Uh, is like a keychain. I think we. I think. I think we have uh, thongs on there too. Yeah. Uh, so you can get your uh, significant <laughs> underwear other, thongs underwear. and also flip flop thongs. Ooh. So, um, all right. And so, until next time. Thank you for joining us as we review the Rocketeer from Disney, and um, follow us next week as we do Synecdoche, Synecdoche, <laughs> New York. That one, you know that one. Um, Facebook.com/slash/mcfcpodcast to join in the conversation, and mcfcpodcast.com to send us an email. And follow us on Twitter at podcastmcfc. And please follow us on Instagram at Middle Class Film Class and leave us a voicemail, why don't you, at 209-730-6010. Yes, and uh, drop some five-star reviews if you like the show. Tell some friends. It makes a difference. We'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. We need a swastika. Giant one. Yeah, don't ask what it's for. It's a Disney project.